Hello and welcome to episode 21 of Game Time with Manny. Uh, it has been some time, about uh, uh, 10 episodes ago, in fact, that we talked about the Japanese sensation Yokai Watch. And this past month, I played Yokai Watch 2 because it came out in English. And I have a lot of thoughts about it. Um, I, I have things I want to say. I want to let you know if it improved over the first one. I want to let you know if Yokai Watch Hysteria is going to grip the nation. Pro tip, it's not. But I do think that Yokai Watch is interesting still. Um, the second game advances in a lot of interesting ways, and I actually think that it takes a couple of missteps along the way. So I'll tell you guys all about that in this sweet episode of Game Time with Manny. And without further ado, it's game time. So for those of you who do not know, Yokai Watch is a video game series that blew up in Japan. It came out in around uh, 2013. I'm not going to get too much into this uh, because I talked a lot about it in the previous podcast. So if you want to know more about uh, Yokai Watch's origins and uh, what Yokai are, you if you go listen to episode 10, uh, I'll tell you all about that. But just as a loose basis... Uh, it is a phenomenon that has taken over Japan. It's waned a little bit, uh, but it's still pretty popular. Um, it actually took off kind of in the way that Pokemon blew up for a little while, in the U.S. at least. It did blow up in Japan, and it stayed popular in Japan, but Yokai Watch was crazy successful. And it is based off of uh, yokai, which are essentially Japanese ghosts and spirit monsters. So, like, things like the Kappa you may have seen, uh, or, like, a Kyuubi, which is, like, a multi-tailed fox, things like of that nature. And it is one of those things that I immediately got interested in when I heard it was going to be localized because it is something that is intrinsically Japanese. Uh, a lot of the monsters are based off of, like, Japanese folklore and things like that. Uh, there's a lot of belief in the game and just, like, some Japanese superstitions that perhaps uh, yokai are causing issues to happen. Like, maybe if you start sneezing a lot, like, that might be the work of a yokai. And that, that kind of stuff is interesting. I personally am supremely interested in localization. I think it is a fascinating process. So, like, when... When uh, a game like Yokai Watch, which I have said is intrinsically Japanese, how do you make that appeal to a Western audience who doesn't really know a lot necessarily about the source material? And as I said in the last uh, episode about Yokai Watch, the original, uh, I think that the localization team at level five did a pretty good job. Um, it's one of those things where they actually left in a lot of the Japanese culture. Uh, they didn't really try to take it out. Like, um, the main characters take off their shoes before they go into a house and things like that. Uh, there are comics laid around which are uh, read from right to left. Uh, like, 
uh, Japanese writing and like comic books and manga and things like that would be. And I really like that uh, because some localization efforts will just kind of strip out the Japanese and replace it with uh, things that would be relatable in that country. And that that's one of the things I like about Yokai Watch. Now, we are here today to talk about Yokai Watch 2. So, it is a direct sequel to Yokai Watch 1. I would say that there are spoilers, but the plot of Yokai Watch was not super great, and it all kind of came together right at the end. Uh, and Yokai Watch 2, I would say, also has a plot that is not super amazing. Uh, but it does try a lot harder to be something more. And that is one of the things that I was impressed with. So we'll start off just by talking about it. Uh, it came out in July of 2014 in Japan. And there were two versions called Honke and Gonzo. And now if you have played a Pokemon game before or mainly just Pokemon uh, was the thing that popularized the idea of having two different versions. And the thought process behind that is basically like you'll be able to get version exclusive monsters or in Pokemon, the case of Pokemon, uh, and then you'll have to trade with your friends in order to get them all or like, you know, some people get desperate and they'll buy both and things like that. Um... And actually, Yokai Watch 2, it was the first one, obviously, because it was the second game in the series, to have two versions, but it also had a third version, a special version, just like Pokemon, called Shingichi, which was based on the Yokai Watch movie, which was uh, released in theaters in Japan at uh, a couple months later than that. I don't remember the exact date. Uh, and in fact, Level 5 uh, dubbed that film in English and put that out in select theaters across uh, the U.S. within this past month, which I think is pretty cool. Um, I obviously I don't live in a super major city, so I was not lucky enough to go and check out the movie. And I still personally have not really checked out much of the anime. I've watched some clips and I, it's really not the kind of show for me. It's kind of really jokey and definitely, definitely geared more towards children than uh, certainly people in my age range, which is fine because it is geared towards children. Um, but one thing that is crazy is like when I talk about Yokai Watch, the original game selling a lot of copies, the second game sold more than that. So if you combine the two original versions, Honke and Gonzo, they sold 3.1 million copies in Japan, which at the time was the highest selling 3DS game, period. Um, it has now been beaten by the newest Monster Hunter game, and as you may well know, Monster Hunter is another series in Japan that is out of control popular. Uh, people wait in line, skip skip schools, call out in sick from work just to play Monster Hunter, which, you know, I've caught the Monster Hunter bug before. I know how that is. Uh, but yeah, Monster Hunter has taken that that sales lead. And then what is extra crazy is if you've played Pokemon before, you know that the third version is usually just slightly different. Um, it is special in some ways, but not necessarily uh, like a whole new product. So... I think it's insane that the third version sold 2.6 million copies in Japan. And, and like, that's, 
for like a rehash of a game, 2.6 million copies, like that's not that much lower than the original 3.1 million. And that's something that I think is nuts. Um, and so this is where the series kind of bothers me a little bit. I do like it, but I can't help but feel like Yokai Watch was crafted to be uh definitely geared towards kids and it was just crafted to be a money-making machine and now I know that technically everything is right but something about yokai watch feels a little bit more upsetting to me so I'm gonna read this quote uh the CEO of level five which as you may know level five makes some of my favorite games of all time I play Inazuma 11 every week on stream, and that is a level 5 series. Uh, That was also very popular in Japan at one time, uh, but it eventually waned, just as I feel like Yokai Watch will eventually wane. But here's a quote from the CEO, Akihiro Hino, and he literally said, I, I still can't believe this. When playing the first, when planning the first Yokai Watch, I already thought the release to release the sequel is two different versions. Children like having things that other people don't have, so from a marketing perspective, having two versions is a good idea. Also, a lot of people play Yokai Watch with their parents, where people would have some hesitation about getting two copies of the same game. If you have both versions, it's easier for them to both by and that is that's crazy you know when you think about it I never really thought about Pokemon as just having two versions to make money and I guess shame on me right because that is that is the real reason that there are multiple versions of these games and it is so that like oh yeah you'll buy a version and then if you don't have any friends locally who get the other version to trade with and things like that, they ex- they kind of encourage you to buy it. Um, and then, or like maybe you'll convince your friends to do it and things like that. And I think that Yokai Watch and actually most level five games do this a lot more sinister than something like Pokemon. So, like I said earlier, in Pokemon you have the two versions, and the main difference is there will be some version exclusive items and some version exclusive Pokemon, and all you'll have to do is trade. So, my first introduction to the level five multiple versions thing was Inazuma 11, the soccer game I stream. And yes, once again, there are uh, things that you can, players you can only get in a certain version and you have to trade to get them in the other version. That's fine. But they also introduced the concept of linking the two games together where the two games communicate wirelessly to unlock new areas and extra content. And in some cases, that content is a big deal, especially in Inazuma 11. Um, the same thing occurs in Yokai Watch 2. Uh, if you link uh, with another version of the game, which I did with luckily with a friend I have at work who purchased the other version of the game, um, you gain access to a special area called Mystery Way, and that allows you to get items and money a little bit easier, and it also allows you a chance once a day to get a rare yokai, which is a pretty cool thing. So Yokai Watch 2, it's not essential, but it is something that you would want to do, and that really is a bummer 
because I think that that kind of stuff is something that you should have access to just by virtue of you paid them the money, you got the game. Uh, so that's kind of weird, but you know, it doesn't stop Yokai Watch from being a good game. And I mean, I say that because every video game is a ploy to make money because that's what companies are doing. They're making the game. They're not doing it for like the good of mankind. They're doing it because they need to make a profit. And I understand that, but it's just a two version thing seems kind of skeezy now that I think about it. And I guess that's a real bummer to me because I never thought about it like that before. And now even like I see Pokemon sun and moon are coming out soon. And it just makes me feel like it gives me the heebie jeebies inside. Cause it's like, that's, that's a little rough, but there's still good games. And I actually think that level five is amazing at making game worlds that feel like they have a lot of care that went into them. And in the previous Yokai Watch podcast, I ranted and raved about how awesome I thought it was that the town of Springdale that Yokai Watch takes place in is a small contained world and you have to get to know it. Um, and there's a lot of detail and everything. And there's a lot of cool, like just like personal little touches inside the houses. And like the fact that you take your shoes off and things like that is really cool. Um, and so we got Yokai watch two here in the U S recently. Uh, obviously the versions did not keep their names, so they're not honky and Gonzo. They were called bony spirits and fleshy souls. Um, I personally, bought fleshy souls because i thought that the version exclusives were cooler i really like qb and that's the one that i was able to get with fleshy souls in bony spirits you can get venoct who for people who have played the original game know is like this weird cool snake ninja man who i also really like but i still think i like qb better qb is like a giant fire fox and that's really dope so that's that's cool to me um but yeah, they're called Fleshy Spirits and uh, ugh, Fleshy Souls and Bony Spirits. I mix those two up all the time when I'm talking about this game to people. But the conceit is that there are two donut shops, one called Fleshy Donuts and the other one called Spirit Donuts. And that's like the main crux of why there are two versions, which I don't really get. Um... In the beginning of the game, your parents have a fight over different kinds of donuts, and I think that's really dumb. Uh, I looked into it a little bit, but I couldn't find any like positive information about what Honke and Gonzo are. Um, I believe that Gonzo is a type of ramen, so I, I, I'm sure that in the Japanese version, they're just two different types of food places, uh, and the same type of thing happens. Um... But there is a lot of the game that takes place around that. There are, like, yokai that are aligned with the bony side or aligned with the fleshy side. And that that that's kind of interesting uh, that there are multiple factions. But I think the way that that ultimately plays out is really lame. Uh, I won't get too much into that because that does kind of spoil the story and whatever. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So, Yokai Watch 2 does improve in some pretty... Uh, marked ways to me at least um it's weird because in japan it reviewed very positively and here in the u.s it reviewed middling to bad um and i i understand why because this kind of thing happens a lot 
uh, with games when they're reviewed in this manner. So the thing that I can think of the most this happening with is uh, Mega Man Battle Network. So that is another series, uh, but a different different developer, Capcom. Um, they started putting out two versions. So they had Mega Man Battle Network 1, and then I think there was only one version of 2, and then the third game had two versions, and then from then on, from... Uh, three to six, they had two versions, and they get better uh, incrementally. So people who are fans of the series notice the differences and really like the changes, whereas if you're just someone who's assigned to review that game, you're like, well, this isn't very different from the previous game, and you the reviewer would not be wrong in that case. They are still very similar, and Yokai Watch 2 kind of falls into that same trap. So... The one thing that really stood out to me is in the beginning of the game, you start and you play as either the boy character or the girl character. The boy's name is Nate and the girl's name is Katie. And the yokai watch gets stolen from them while they're sleeping in the beginning of the game by these two evil witches. Um, And that causes them to forget all about the yokai and everything that happened in the original game. So uh, through a weird turn of events, they're able to get the watch back and for the first couple hours of Yokai Watch 2, you're essentially reliving the events of Yokai Watch 1. And that's cool and that's fine if you're someone who didn't play the first game, but I'm going to be real here. The original game got localized less than a year before these second two the two versions of the second game got released in the US. So here I am with this game more or less fresh in my mind because it hasn't even been a year yet, and I have to go through all of this again. Now, I could understand if it was some kind of tutorial sequence where I am allowed to skip it because I know it's going on, but you're not, and you have to go through it again. So you meet the sidekick character, Whisper the Yokai Butler. Uh, you meet the cat, Spirit Jabanian again. There is like this weird anteater that eats dreams, Baku, and all of the mechanics from the original game are slowly introduced to you again. And now I <sighs> see it goes both ways because like while I think it's really annoying and kind of lazy that this happened, um, it also kind of makes sense, right? Because as I said, the world is kind of tightly knit and you have to find your way around. So it's reintroducing you to that world and those mechanics and it's just, it's not good. It feels like it's the same game for the first couple hours, and that's lame. Um, but then it does open up, right? Uh, there is an element of time travel in Yokai Watch 2. It's actually the main crux of the story, I guess. Uh, you have to go back in time and make sure that the Yokai Watch is made. So, your grandfather, turns out, made the yokai watch originally when he was a little boy so you have to go back in time and make sure that these witches don't take the yokai watch from him or stop him from making it so you make that happen uh and actually that arc ties up kind of quickly and then it just turns into a bunch of filler and then you go back in time again and there is this weird battle and then all of a sudden it's the final battle the story is not great and it's definitely not paced very well um, but that aside, there are like, 
it's almost set up like episodes of a TV show. There are like small vignettes that are interesting on their own, but then when you put them together as part of a greater whole, they don't hold together. It's like if you've ever tried to glue something together and it just falls apart afterwards. Uh, Each individual piece is fine, but then together it's just like, eh, maybe this is not doing it for me. And so the plot wasn't doing it for me, but the gameplay did. Um, So the battle system in Yokai Watch is also criticized for not being very... uh, people think it's a little bit automated, which is true. Um, You have six yokai in battle at a time, and there is a wheel that they're attached to. So there are three yokai on the front side, and there are three yokai on the back side. The three on the front side are the ones that will be fighting in battle, and you can rotate to change them out. Um, And they do attack on their own. You don't tell them when to attack. So they will either, like, just choose to, like, loaf around or they will attack with abilities and things like that, depending on what their personality is. So you'll have to learn what they are. And that's the thing I like about the Yokai Watch combat system is you have to get specific abilities. Like, uh, each Yokai will have a passive ability and they will have, like, a magic spell and, like, a regular attack, right? And so the more you use those, the more they level up. They also have a thing called a Sultimate move, which if their soul gauge gets filled up, you can hit the Sultimate button, and you have to uh, complete a small mini game like tracing a shape or spinning the stylus around on the bottom screen, something like that. And if you complete it, they will do a special attack, which once again varies. Uh, some of them will be like attack buffs, or just do a lot of damage to everyone, or like a single damage hit. Just, it really, they can be anything. And so those are more or less, all of that is the same in Yokai Watch 2. But when you get uh, the new watch that your grandpa made, it adds in a couple of new abilities, which in my opinion, do change the battle system up quite a bit. So... It adds the ability to do a moxie attack, which is essentially just a sultimate, but whoever you choose to use the sultimate for, the two people next to them on the wheel have to also have uh, full soul gauges. And so it sucks up all three of the soul gauges and then does a more powerful version of their sultimate move, which is pretty cool and in some cases can make a big difference. Uh, you can also uh, poke. So some yokai have uh, debuffs called in-spirits. And if they successfully in-spirit one of the enemies, uh, they'll kind of have this like purple cloud around them. And if that's the case, you can poke the enemy. So if you do that, uh, it'll kind of bring a little magnifying glass up to the enemy yokai and depending, depending on where you tap them, uh, different colors will show up. So uh, if you keep tapping a specific part with a certain color, uh, the whole magnifying glass will fill up with that color. And then that thing that you were tapping will happen. So uh, there is like, if you tap a certain thing, like pink hearts will come out. And if you do that, uh, the enemy yokai has more of a chance of like befriending you after battle. Um, there is, uh, yellow coins come out, and if you do that, you get more money. 
Uh, there's a way to get more items there. And then there's red for damage, I believe. And that is, uh, it might sound like a small thing, but in a battle system where your yokai mostly do the battling for you, uh, you just kind of have to move them around to make sure they're in the optimal positions. That kind of stuff is cool to have, and it makes you feel like you have more player agency in the battle. And I really do like that. I do appreciate those changes, and I think that they make a big difference. Um, but other than that, the issues that I had with the original Yokai Watch still kind of stick out a little bit. Um, mainly the befriending the enemy Yokai. Um, you may remember me complaining about it in the original Yokai Watch podcast, but the chance to befriend a Yokai after battle is too, was, it was in the original game impossibly low. So what'll happen is if you're fighting like a random Yokai in battle and you beat it, there is a chance that once the battle is over, it will come up to you and say like, Hey, let's be friends. And that's the equivalent of catching a Pokemon and a Pokeball. It's just, you're being friends with them and you can improve the chances of getting the Yokai by feeding them their favorite food. And there are uh, various levels of food. So if you feed them the best type of their favorite food, they'll like you a lot more. Um, if you poke them like I said, you can make it so that they like you a little bit more. Uh, there are these things that fly by in battle called wisps, and if you hit them with the stylus, uh, sometimes hearts will fall out of that, and they'll like you more. Um, and in Yokai Watch 2, they even made some items that you can equip that uh, increases your chance. Like, if you equip it to a yokai, it increases the chance of befriending. Some yokai even have abilities that uh, just innately make it so that uh, other yokai will befriend you easier. And this is what drives me absolutely up the goddamn wall, is that I had... Say, say I'm trying to befriend a yokai in Yokai Watch 2, which I did a lot because I played this game for, like, over 60 hours. I tried to play it as much as possible so I could be confident in what I'm talking about for this podcast. And uh, I, I had... Uh, popularity yokai, which is one of the ones that makes it so that they innately uh, befriend you easier. I equipped it with the item that makes it so they befriend you easier. I feed them their favorite food, the best kind of quality, right? Those three things right there, you should have a pretty good chance of befriending a yokai, but there were still times, even if I got the random chance wisp to also give me some hearts, there were times where I actually had to fight yokai upwards of like 30 times before they became my friend and that is that is dumb that it is not great um because at least i know in pokemon that the certain balls have a certain percentage rate of capturing a pokemon and yokai watch you have no real way to discern that um so in some cases you can only try to befriend certain boss yokai once a day. Uh, so I had to game the system and like save beforehand and then re soft reset the game every single time I wanted to refight that enemy. And that sucks. And in some cases they were very hard. Uh, but if like it's not a preset enemy like a super strong boss or something, you might also be randomly trying to find that yokai and then taking forever to find that, getting into battle and then not getting it and having to look for that super rare thing all over again. 
and the highest rank yokai are like impossible to find in most cases, and they're very rare to show up, and that just is infuriating. And I have seen the argument by some people saying that, like, well, that makes it mean more when you get it. And it's like, but does it, though? Because it's just infuriating, and you're not going to enjoy your time doing that. So once you get it, like, you're probably just doing it to try to complete the game's equivalent of the Pokedex, which is the Medallium, which is what I was trying to do. I, like, half the yokai I was trying to capture, I wasn't going to use for anything. Or, like... There was one point where I almost quit the game. Uh, Yokai go in ranks from E to S, and uh, S rank being the highest. And I had to catch an E rank Yokai for a quest to complete a quest for a character. And I couldn't do it. I Theoretically, E rank Yokai should be very easy to, to befriend. And it took me upwards of three hours, and I just wanted to shh shatter my 3ds in half by the time i was done with that and like that kind of thing is really lame uh but it still doesn't stop me from enjoying yokai watch because i love to collect things and that is one of the things that i think is great about yokai watch is there are so many things to collect uh there are a lot of different items to get uh, and there are, like, rare versions of yokai, which, like, kind of, like, shiny Pokemon that you can get. Uh, and that that's really cool. I like that. I just wish that the befriending thing was a little bit more clear about the percentages of everything. And I, I wish that it just had a higher percentage. I don't even need it to be, like, exponentially higher. I just need it to be something that doesn't make me want to shatter my 3DS. Like, I shouldn't have to do it, like, 50 times, you know what I mean? and it would it would be easier even if the battles just weren't automated and like i could ensure that my yokai were going to give the enemy one a status effect so it would be easier to befriend but i i can't even do that like i can in pokemon and that's that's a bummer um and one of the other things that got railed on in reviews was one of the things that i actually i had a love-hate relationship with uh, and that is the train system. So, uh, as you may be aware, trains are a very prominent part of Japanese culture. Most people will ride the train to and from work or to and from school. Uh, that is why handheld systems like the 3DS and like the Vita, like the PSP was, are very popular in Japan, much, much more so than they are in the U.S., and that's because many people use public transit for a decent amount of time every day, and they, uh, it's, it's just ingrained in their life. And Yokai Watch 2 has a train system, and at first I thought it was really cool, uh, because you go into the station, you get on the train, it tells you where it's going, um, you have to, uh, watch out for transfers, you have to know what stops you're getting off at, and you have to, like, try to read the train map, uh, so initially you do that to go to the main character's grandma's house, and, like, that was an interesting thing, uh, it takes a little bit, and you get there, and I thought, like, oh, that's cool, that's, like, an interesting uh, piece of Japanese culture, and they probably won't force me to do that again. Uh, and for the most part, I was right. Um, you unlock a fast travel system that allows you to bypass the train, but then it got to a point where I actually had to get on the train for the main story to advance it. Uh, there is a stupid quest, uh, just like in the original game, where 
the main character's dad forgets his uh, some important document he needs for work on the train, and you have to go and retrieve it for him. Uh, in the first game, it was like relatively easy to find. In this game, it was a pain in the butt. Um, you have to stop at individual train stations. So the way the train works is like you'll get on the train at a station. And it will take you to the next junction and it'll say like, hey, you've arrived at whatever station. Do you want to get off? And if you say uh, yes, you'll get out at the station and then have to wait for the next train. If you say no, you will not be able to just skip to the next station like you want to. You'll have to go through this weird, almost pseudo loading screen where the main character will be sitting with a couple of his yokai buddies on the train and like a random event will happen. So sometimes you'll fight a monster or like some dude will come up and be like, Hey, here's this item. And then it will be like another pseudo loading screen and it'll take you to the yes, no. Do you want to get off here? And the fact that you can't skip that is baffling and it just takes a very long time. So this part of the story forces you to get on the train and you have to like get off at all these different stops and there's no fast travel points other than at huge main stations. So you're getting off at all these smaller stations and you, you can't fast travel and it takes forever. Um, and that's just, I, I don't know what, I don't get it. Like, I get that maybe, like, you're trying to simulate what it's like to live in Japan and, like, how you would have to get off at the train stations, but, like, you could just leave that in the game but still allow you to, like, skip to the station you need. Uh, so the train thing kind of sucks, but on the other hand, I think it's really cool that it's integrated into the game, right? Just like I think it's really cool that they still kept the thing from Yokai Watch 1 where, like, you have to push the light at a crosswalk so that you can go across. Um, there is no real penalty. If you don't, it'll just make like a uh -uh sound, and sometimes you'll have to fight a really strong enemy yokai who's like, you're being unsafe. And that, that kind of stuff is cool. It gives the world charm and personality, but sometimes it might be at the expense of fun in the game. And... I think that the crosswalk thing is a perfect example of how they uh, skirted around that issue by like, you don't have to do it, but it is something that is in the game and you could do. Whereas the train is like, there are multiple points where it's like, hey, you have to do this and man, it's going to be an unpleasant experience, but you want to complete the game. So ha ha ha, do it. And I actually unlocked a quest at the end of the game where I have to stop at every single uh, train station and get a stamp. It's called a stamp rally. Uh, and that is something that they do in real Japanese train stations, which I think is pretty cool. But there is no way I'm going to spend multiple hours of my life stopping at all those train stations because that totally sucks. Um, and yeah, it's just something that I really have no desire to do. And I... Also have a love-hate relationship with the way they made a lot of things in the game uh, day-based. So, like, there is an opportunity to rebuild a building. Uh, there are these new things called baffle boards where they will have three, like, little clues on them that are supposed to let you know what yokai you need to bring there. Uh, and if you figure it out, uh, you can then bring the yokai there and they will do some type of special thing, uh, which is actually, it's a pretty cool feature. I like the baffle boards. 
but there is one that allows you to build a building. So if you bring the yokai there, they start work on the building, and you have to work. You have to wait three in-game days for the thing to finish. And normally, most people would just fast travel on the system clock. Uh, but Yokai Watch very much discourages that by basically breaking all of the things that are based on the real clock for a certain amount of time. Uh, which the main thing is the Crankakai, which is basically like a capsule machine where you can put coins, special coins in, and get out a uh, special Yokai. Uh, I personally hate the Crankakai because there are a ton of super, super rare Yokai you can only get from it that allow you to unlock other rare Yokai, but I'm not going to get into that whole thing. I don't like the cranky guy. But anyways, there are a bunch of events that are day-based. So like like I was saying earlier, there are also some very powerful yokai that you would want to befriend that you can go up and talk to them. And if you beat them and they don't join you, uh, they'll be like, oh, we'll come back tomorrow. And if you save, then you actually do have to wait until the next day. I believe the game in-game clock resets at 6 a.m. every day. Uh, so it's not a huge deal. If you don't really need that yokai, oh, excuse me. It's almost three in the morning here. I'm getting pretty tired. Uh, it's not a huge deal, but it is something that is annoying. Like I said, I was just saving beforehand and resetting. And like, I shouldn't really have to do that. You should just let me fight it. I get if it's a low account, if it's a low uh, befriend rate, which trust me, they all are because they're really powerful. That's why I'm talking about having to reset all these hundreds of times. Um, it's just it's weird and I, I, I don't know how to feel about it so overall I really did enjoy Yokai Watch 2 I know it sounds like I am complaining here but I think that the game has a really cool concept and I'm so so glad that level 5 and Nintendo collaborated to bring it over here uh, Nintendo is actually pushing it super super hard um, which I think is really cool. Um, but I, I still, I stand by my statement from the original Yokai Watch podcast episode. I do not think that it will blow up over here in the U.S. the way it did in Japan. Um, and I still believe that that is because it is so intrinsically tied to Japanese culture. Um, and I also just don't like a lot of the designs of the Yokai. Um, some of the new ones in Yokai Watch 2 are pretty dope. Like, there is my new favorite Yokai called Lion Heart. Um, and he is this really cool, like, samurai lion. And he is awesome. I like him very much. Um, but there are just some that I think are really lame. Like, uh, Cheek Squeak, which is just a man that's a butt. And, like, I'm not four years old, so I don't think that's funny, but... Maybe some kids do. I, I really don't know. I, I I think I can safely say that I'm not very in touch with small kids these days. So, like, I don't really have, like, a four- or five-year-old that I could, like, go and show an episode of Yokai Watch to and be like, did you think that was cool? Did you think that was funny? Um, I just know that I personally do not think that it's very funny, and I don't like a lot of the designs. They're, I think, supposed to be funny, uh, but I am just not in on the joke, or I just don't really get it. But there are some cool designs, and I think part of the designs not really appealing to me is I just don't remember a lot of their names. And, like, you show me a Pokemon, like, oh yeah, after the first couple times I see that baby, I'm gonna know what it's all about, like... 
the new one of the new starter Pokemon for Sun and Moon, right? His name is Rowlet. I can tell you right now that the three starter Pokemon's names are Rowlet, Poplio, and Litten, and I've never even played the goddamn game. I just know because I like those designs and I think that they're cool. Um, and it, maybe it's also one of those things where a lot of yokai names are just bad puns, so maybe I subconsciously try to forget, but eh, who knows. So yeah, I that that's what I've got on Yokai Watch 2. As, as I said, it sounds like I'm kind of down on it, but I actually really enjoyed my time with it. If I didn't like it, I would not have spent uh, upwards of 60 hours on it trying to prepare to talk for this. Uh, there are a lot of cool new features, and I don't de- think I don't think it deserved as low of review scores as it got here in the U.S. But I do understand where the reviewers are coming from, just because it is very similar to the first game but it does improve and it is one of those things where i cannot wait to see how it continues to progress into the third game like the third games in the series are out right now in japan and in fact they just announced the special third version of that uh for japan and i assume that the special third version of the second game will come out here in the u.s probably within the next couple months or something like that uh it's probably a really hard game to localize. I still, I would very much like to get in touch with level five and talk to somebody on the localization team about like, how did you guys do this? How did you bring it over? How did you make it palatable for an audience outside of Japan? That's something that I am very interested in and I I would like to know more about, but That'll do it for this Yokai Watch 2 episode. Um, I hope that you have enjoyed it. I personally enjoyed it. Uh, I feel like I actually was able to talk uh, much more coherently about it because I played it for so long, and I it's very fresh in my mind. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode, uh, the 21st episode. We're, we're cranking these babies out. Thank you. Thank you very much for uh, continuing to listen. So I... I I enjoy doing this, and I will keep doing it as long as people listen. Uh, and so, as always, I have to say that our theme song is the song Sting Operation by the awesome, awesome chiptune band Anamanaguchi. They're super great. Uh, you should definitely check them out if you have not. Uh, and that'll do it for me here. I will be back next month with another podcast. So thank you guys for listening. And peace out.